0: You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Rail. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce, our Flyers pre and post-game live producer. Joe, we are now in July, and we know how busy of a month that is for the Flyers in the NHL. There's the expansion draft, there's the entry draft, and of course, free agency also kicks off at the tail end of the month, so we figure we're going to talk a little expansion draft. Seattle Kraken, of course, will be getting a player from every team aside from the Vegas Golden Knights. And Joe, their head coach is going to be very familiar with the Philadelphia Flyers. Dave Hakstol, the new head coach of the Kraken, will have a pretty good read on a lot of guys that could be available, given he coached here for parts of four seasons. So we're going to look at the blue line, Joe, which defenseman the Flyers could lose, who might be the most appealing to Seattle, and what would be the biggest loss for the Flyers it's looking like the four defensemen that could be exposed for the Flyers will be Samuel Moran, Justin Braun, Shane Gossespierre, and Robert Haig. If the Flyers protect seven forwards 3D, we're thinking the protected defensemen will be Philip Myers, Travis Sandheim, and Ivan Provrov. Of course, we will not know that until later this month, but let's assume those four, Justin Braun, Shane Gossespierre, Robert Hag, and Samuel Moran will be exposed Joe, in your mind, let's start with most appealing. Which of those four is most appealing to the Kraken in your mind?
1: Um, so, Jordan, my answer for the, for both of these is going to be the same. So I'm going to say Shane Gostaspair, and and here's why. Um, if you look at the Flyers since Shane Goss despair came up, it's hard to find a time where their offense was really clicking and their power play was really clicking when Shane Goss Despair wasn't in the middle of it. And – the new head coach, Dave Hackstall, was behind the bench when Shane came up to the NHL. And he saw what he did that season um, and just kind of revolutionized the whole offense. And, and, you know, in this league, I think a team like Seattle is going to be looking for somebody that drives offense. And Shane spare drives offense. You can find your defensive defenseman somewhere else. And in terms of those other three guys, you have Robert Hay, who's more of a stay-at-home guy. You have Justin Braun, who's, you know, probably in the twilight of his career. And
0: Samuel uh,
1: Moran. Oh, Moran. Samuel yeah. Moran has obviously had a serious injury problems during his career. Yep. And, you know, ultimately is not reliable in terms of health-wise and experience-wise. Um, so to me, Shane Gossespierre both experience. Um, now he's had some health problems too, but not, you know, nearly in the neighborhood of, of a guy like Samuel Moran. Um, but Shane Dawson's bare drive offense and you know what the identity of that player is. And I think when you're an expansion team, you're looking for players that, you know, exactly what they're bringing to the table. It's almost like puzzle pieces, building a team from scratch, you know, Okay, this guy gives me this and that guy gives me that. When you pick a Shane Goss to spare, you know exactly what that guy's bringing to you. And he drives offense and quarterbacks a power play. And I, I mean, to me, that's the best fit for Seattle if we're talking about those guys to be plucked from the Flyers.
2: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. so I'm gonna tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.
0: I agree. From a Kraken standpoint, I think Shane Gossespierre is going to be really appealing. I think he's the most appealing among that four, Joe. Like you said, when you think about it with Dave Haxtall, he did not coach Justin Braun. So Again, you know, Dave Hacksaw not making the pick, but you have to think he's going to influence decisions, of course, with Ron Francis as GM. And you have to think, given he was in Philadelphia for parts of four seasons, Ron Francis is really going to tap into Dave Hacksaw's opinion there, really get his insight on these guys, given he is the head coach and knows these flyers well. But he did not coach Justin Braun at all. Um, Samuel Moran, he did not have for, for many games, period, because of injuries. And – uh, so I really think it could come down between Shane Gossespierre and Robert Hag if they were going to take a defenseman. Um, in terms of most appealing, I think it's Shane Gossespierre for many reasons. He had his career year under Dave Hackstall, 65 points. He had his breakout rookie season under Dave Hackstall. And like you said, Joe, uh, 28 years old and a puck-moving, offensive-minded guy that you could really plug in as your number one power play quarterback, Seattle could take him and say, hey, quarterback our top unit power play and you're going to get a guy with experience doing that it's not a guy with upside it's not a guy maybe towards uh the the later years in his career he's only 28 uh he he still has the mobility he's healthy as we know he's gone through the knee procedures he was very healthy this season looked good played well um looked probably the best he's looked offensively since his career 65 point season in 2017-18 and to boot Hackstall really got the most out of him and gave him the most freedom he he Shane Gossespierre admitted that after the 2018-19 season when he had Scott Gordon as head coach and Hack was fired that year he had different defensive coaches and Rick Wilson and Gordon Murphy and he and we asked him which which coach kind of gave you the most freedom to be you and he said it was under Dave Hackstall. Dave Hackstall was the one that allowed him to kind of open the reins up a little bit, loosen the reins, and let Shane fair be Shane fair So I think Dave Haxel will have a really good read on Shane fair and I think that's probably the most appealing guy to the Kraken. To boot, also he's under contract the next two seasons, so you would get him under contract at a reasonable cap hit, four point five million. It's not terrible, and it's a guy that's uh, you know still can do plenty of things offensively and can really help you in that regard.
1: And I think too, Jordan, if you take a look at this past season every time i felt like we were talking about is this the point when the flyers were going to turn the corner i felt like it was always uh, when shane goss was driving their offense and their power play and that was looking good of course the amount of goals they gave up on the other side was kind of nullifying all of that progress they were making on offense but i felt like the tipping point with the flyers when they were near looking like the team that we kind of expected them to be was always when Shane Gostisbehere was at the top of his game. And I think if he's chosen by Seattle and told you are the top power play quarterback, that's going to give him confidence. And of course I've said this on the po- this podcast many a times before, I don't know if I've ever seen an athlete in sports affected by confidence as much as this player is affected by confidence when he's not confident he's almost a total liability on the ice. And when he's confident, on any given night, he could be your best player.
0: Truly, confidence drives Shane Goss' pair. He has even admitted that. He said when he's a confident player, um, he believes he's a unique defenseman and uh, that he does things that other guys can't do. He, he is driven by confidence. And when you're a mobile guy like him that needs to push the envelope offensively, you have to be confident. If you're second-guessing second your decision-making, Like you said, Joe, you will be a major liability. You will hurt your team, not help. And with Shane Gossespierre, Joe, we've heard a lot about he needs a new, he needs new scenery. He needs a fresh start, a new beginning. Um, That stuff gets around throughout the league and Shane Gossespierre has heard his name in trade rumors. He's been waived. Um, And that's been going on for about two plus years now. So that stuff, gets around the league and you would have to think Seattle would be open-minded to that. Hey, we could be Shane Bears' fresh start. Let him come in, be with the coach he's played with, um, a coach he's familiar with and give him a role uh, that he knows he excels in and 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 can really help. So I think that just makes him without a doubt, the most appealing to the Kraken.
1: Right. And Jordan, if you look at it too, in this past season, it was evident and I've in previous seasons, but maybe most evident this past season that Shane Goss Bear has some leadership qualities, which an expansion team is going to need. Um, this past season, when somebody needed to say something, a lot of times it was Shane Goss Bear. Now, that wasn't always a great thing. There was the one game, if you remember, and I'm forgetting, maybe I'm forgetting which game this was, but he came out and he said he flat that we flat out lost our identity. Yeah. Th- those are the exact words he used. Now, you can bet that didn't go over great with all the players in the locker room, but... He felt like obviously something needed to be said, and he was the guy willing to go up to the podium and say that. And to that point, we hadn't heard someone say something like that. And um, you know, again, it's to his detriment sometimes, but it also shows leadership, and and more than just leadership, it shows the willingness to be a leader. And I feel like in hockey. Teams are always looking for those guys that are willing to be a leader. And I think Shane has shown that, both on the ice as well as off the ice.
0: Indeed. Not only are you getting a player that you can think can really help you on the ice, but he's been around now. He's 28 years old. He's played in a big market like Philadelphia. He's kind of seen it all in terms of the good, the bad, and, um, and, and the pressure that, that comes with playing his position in a market like Philadelphia. So that would make him even more attractive, I think, to the Kraken.
1: And he's experienced playoff disappointments and things that, you know, things that you want to say make a player uh, harder and more seasons of a player. He's experienced those here in Philadelphia.
0: Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. Joe, with this expansion draft coming up on July 21, we just looked at the most appealing player on the back end to the Kraken on the Flyers roster. Who do you think would be the biggest loss for the Flyers on the back end if the Kraken were to take a defenseman?
1: I'm going to say Shane Goss' fair again because of the reasons that I just um, – now, of course, we don't know what the Flyers are going to do in this offseason yet. Um, There's an immense amount of pressure on Chuck Fletcher to improve this roster. Um, There's a glaring need on the blue line for a top – pair defenseman and that top pair defenseman whoever it may be you would assume they want a guy that can quarterback the power play but as the roster stands right now I believe they only have one guy that can truly quarterback a power play and that is Shane Goss' so with that said I think losing him would be the biggest loss that they could have out of those guys because of the skills he brings on the offensive side and his ability to drive the offense of the team, um, he's great at. Um, and you know we've heard a number of analysts do the talk about the ten and two thing, the guys putting their skates at ten and two and kind of working along the blue line. That's not necessarily a strength of a guy like Ivan Provorov's game, but it is a strength of Shane Goss's game, and that seems to be a big part of quarterbacking that power play is it it, the ability to do the 10 and 2 thing and move along the blue line get pucks on the net and kind of see the whole game in front of you and to me that that absolutely would be the most glaring loss now again this is being said without knowing what the flyers plans are or what they're going to do in free agency to address some of the you know quite frankly the Gaping holes on this roster that uh, we've all talked about uh, seemingly ad nauseum at nauseum to this point.
0: Truly. Um, Joe, I'm going to go a different route. I'm going to say Justin Braun, maybe not as popular a pick among fans in terms of biggest loss on the back end, but I think it would be Braun for a couple of reasons. One, I think the Flyers severely lacked experience last year on the back end. When they lost Matt Niskanen, that well-publicized retirement, that that well-publicized void on the back end that the Flyers had, um, they really, really struggled. And I think they missed experience back there, guys that can prevent goals, kill plays, and get the puck going north. I thought Justin Braun was one of their more consistent defensemen last season, last season being 2020-21. And I think they're looking for experience. They're looking for proven guys this offseason. You lose to Justin Braun and suddenly you have another hole there. A guy that's a stay-at-home guy, understands goal prevention, has been there, done that. So I'm going to say Justin Braun because I think if they lost Shane Gossespierre, while it would be a loss and why I think very highly of his game and his offensive skills, I think there are guys that could step in and fill Shane Gossespierre's void. I think there's a Cam York that can do that. A guy that has power play quarterback written all over him, a guy that they want in camp pushing for a roster spot next season so I think there's guys that can step up and be a power play quarterback can provide the offense that Shane Gossespierre does I'm not sure they have a guy at least right now in house that can do what Justin Braun does in terms of just being steady back there killing plays literally preventing goals keeping the puck out of the flyers net I think that would be a big loss in my mind the biggest among the four and I think also what might make the Flyers be willing to stomach the loss of Shane Goss Bear would be the cap hit. Uh, his $4.5 million cap hit for the next season and the following, that would be a nice little uh, breathing room money-wise for the Flyers. So I think Shane Goss Bear would help in that regard if he was taken by the Kraken. Uh, of course, they would lose his, his role and his responsibilities and what he does, but they would have more cap flexibility, whereas if they took it, the crack and take you braun or robert Haig, uh they're not going to get as much cap flexibility so i think justin Braun would be a much bigger loss that's just my opinion um because i think i think the flyers really need help back there they love the most goals in hockey uh they're trying to address that now if you lose justin brawn then suddenly you have more of a hole to fill again
1: you know what's interesting is you, as you're talking about Braun, i'm thinking about it over the last couple seasons it seemed like there was the points in the season generally near the beginning where uh, you, you heard a lot of like, Oh, this guy's done. He can't skate. He can't do this. And then there were points later in the season and even in the playoffs in the bubble playoffs where you were like, you know, Justin Braun's really playing well, Yeah. you know what I mean? It was kind of like the opposite of what you would expect from a guy that's an, you know, an aging veteran, you would expect him to start off and fade it seems like Braun goes the other way. He starts off and then gets better as the season goes, which that in, a, in itself is another very valuable aspect to a team that's trying to establish an identity right off the bat here as an expansion team.
0: Yeah, he really did. Even in his first season, 2019-20, did not have a great star. And I think a lot of people were like, wow, we gave up, you know, draft pick for this guy. Um, there was times where he had gotten, you know, the one thing he lacks is speed. So there's, times where he gets exposed of that flaw and uh and that happened earlier on in his first season and i think some people were like man justin braun is not the guy we needed we did not need to go up a pick for him and then he just got really better from like christmas on until the pause and then this season as well you had so much um lack of stability on the back end but that was one guy that was just kind of always there he played on the top pair with pro he climbed down the pairs he he was helping kill penalties when they were struggling to really do so um, so just a steady guy. Again, if the Flyers lose him, like I- I'm not acting like he's just this loss that the Flyers cannot make up in whatsoever, just in terms of the, like his responsibilities, his leadership, his, um, his presence, I think that would be a loss. I just really think it would, um, given that they're really, they just had a nightmare time preventing goals last year. And Justin Braun is one guy that really has the experience in, in helping do that. So I just think that would be a loss. Whereas I think with Shane Gossesbear, you have some guys that can maybe step in and fill his shoes. Um, but it will be very interesting to see. It, 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 Joe, I think I, an added element to the interest and intrigue of the expansion draft was Dave Haxall being named head coach of the Kraken. Suddenly, Absolutely. now he's very familiar with this team.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we mentioned earlier, he he was the guy here when when Shane Gossesbear came up and he saw what goes... Effect on the team was in that particular season. Um, He then had his downs with Shane Gosses bear, you know, healthy scratching him a couple times the following season. So he's had his ups and downs. Of course, you know, being a hockey guy, he's seen Justin Braun. He didn't coach him um, here, but you know, it's it's definitely an added piece to the puzzle, and you know, it's also one that we didn't realize was going to happen because I don't think anybody was saying. I I didn't see a whole bunch of buzz talking about Dave Hacksaw being a candidate for that job, let alone being the guy.
0: No, exactly. I think there was like little, very little rumblings that yes, he, you know, he's a former head coach uh, that's been an assistant on the Maple Leafs. But like you said, everyone was surprised. Everyone was. I think you think with expansion, you think get a guy with immense experience. Dave Hacksaw doesn't have immense experience. He's had one NHL head coaching gig and he came out of college. Joe, let me ask you this, though. Do you think the protecting of Provorov, Sanheim, Myers, is that the no-brainer in your opinion? Or do you think maybe the Flyers could go protect eight skaters? Maybe they go 4-D, four forwards. Um, how do you think that that could evolve?
1: I think it makes sense to protect those three on the blue line because of the use of them. I mean, Provorov's a no-brainer, but, the you know, we talked a lot about how Sanheim needs to stop being a young player in terms of the perception of him. Myers is still a young player though. And that um, you you can't, you can't um, leave that open to give up on a guy too early. And, you know, a a youthful defenseman like that, who can skate like Myers, I think would be an attractive guy to a team like Seattle. And I, I just don't think it's time to do that. So I think it makes sense the way we think they're going to go, I think it makes sense to do it that way.
0: I agree. I don't think there's any real reason for the Flyers to go eight skaters and try to protect 4-D and four fours. So I really do think they'll go seven and seven seven, four, 3-D. And I think you have to protect Progrov, as we know, and I just don't think he can really give up on Travis Sandheim or Phillip Myers. Too much upside, too much size, too much youth there. Um, they're still young guys. Uh, Travis Sandheim, a former first-round pick, Phillip Myers – with all the potential in the world with his size and mobility, you just can't give up on those guys. I I spoke to Keith Jones the other day about saying Hyman Myers for a story on NBC sports, Philadelphia.com. And I asked him, I said, Myers looks like he'll be protected. Right. And he left and said, I sure hope so. He's like, he would be snatched up in a second. So, uh, I, I think Seattle would do their homework on those guys. And if they see them unprotected, uh, yeah, they'll go, I think within a blink of an eye.
1: Jordan, before we, uh, wrap up here I just feel like I should mention the the last podcast we did when we talked about free agent targets on the Stanley Cup final team and you mentioned Blake Coleman yeah. and then he goes out and scores maybe the goal of the year yeah. the other night in game 2 with 0.3 seconds on the clock in the second yeah. period he he scores a diving goal that if anybody hasn't seen it you have to go look it up because this was um One of the more dynamic goals you're going to see in the Stanley Cup final that I can never remember in my lifetime? I mean, both because of the the physical difficulty of scoring a goal like that and the time that was on the clock, it's such a deflating goal to the opponent when you – I mean, what's the Cardinals' sin in hockey is giving up a goal in the last minute of a period? What about the last second of a period?
0: Yeah. That what was it, Joe? At point three, I think left point three
1: left seconds. Left? Yeah, point three seconds, and um, it, it I mean, totally deflating to the Canadians. And you know, yeah. um, hats off to Luke Richardson for the job he did. Yeah. Uh, it seems like Dominique Ducharme will be back behind the bench for uh, the Canadians from this point on, as long as this series goes. And it it, it is a real shame that the Canadians are only going to be able to have. Three thousand and change in in that building in the Bell Centre because you can imagine in a Stanley Cup final what that building would be like if it was filled to capacity. But that the can the, the government in both in Canada and Quebec in particular not ready for uh, full capacity crowds yet. But um, you know, it, Luke Richardson did a, a did a I don't want to say a Adequate isn't even remotely close to what he did. Yeah. Um, filling in because of the COVID situation with their head coach did just a, a great job. And we'll see obviously how this series plays out uh, moving forward here with game three.
0: Yeah. Good for him, Joe, for getting that experience. And also you really hope and think that he probably boosted his, his job status or his um, his attractiveness maybe when uh, head coaching jobs become open uh, in years to come. Uh, that that should that, that what he did with the Canadians in this in this type of circumstances should only help him, and yeah, Joe, that Blake Coleman goal. I, I wonder if Blake Coleman and his agent heard a couple of chings there um, in the bank because I think teams are going to see that goal and it's going to it's going to make teams want Blake Coleman even more when he hits uh, unrestricted free agency.
1: If I'm if I'm if I'm Blake Coleman's agent, I say look at the game, yeah. the magnitude of the game, look at the time, and look at the play most importantly, that he makes to score this goal and the impact that that goal had on the game. It wasn't like he scored the sixth goal in a 6 nothing game and made it look spectacular. It was the most important goal of the game.
0: Yeah. And I think I saw John Cooper, the head coach of the Lightning, talking about Blake Coleman being one of the guys that really put the Lightning over the top. Uh, The acquisition at the trade deadline last season um, and how crucial he was to their Stanley Cup title last year. And then obviously right now, He's playing an integral role on a team that's looking like they're very close to winning back-to-back Stanley Cups. Um, Just a very good player. And, man, the fact that he makes only $1.8 million uh, annually. Incredible. It's insane. Yeah. And
1: and, and, uh, as we mentioned in that pod, with the Lightning and all their star power, Blake Coleman's played up and down that lineup. Of course, we're not entrenched with that team every single day, so I don't know that he hasn't complained about it. But you never hear rumblings of him being – dissatisfied with his role. Of course, yeah. when you're winning Stanley Cups and yeah. playing for Stanley Cups, generally guys aren't going to complain about anything. Um, but, man, he uh, he probably vaulted up a few rungs on the free agent ladder with that play the other night.
0: I think he did. I, I didn't say it last podcast, but he, he just reminds me of, like, a better Scott Lawton. And I like Scott Lawton a lot. And I think he's had some pretty good seasons over the past couple of years. And he did, Blake Coleman just reminds me of, like, a better Scott Lawton. Um, I just think he would be a great addition. I, I know, Joe, you you think he would be a good one as well, um, a guy that will be out there on the market for sure. Um, but, Joe, this has been fun. As always, we're going to be talking so much more expansion draft, but this was a fun way to ta- start tapping into it now that July is here and that expansion draft is coming up on the 21st of the month. Uh, we'll have more free agent talk as well, and we'll have NHL draft talk um, as well. But, Joe, thank you so much as always. Great chatting with you. Uh, a special thank you to Ben Berry, our podcast producer. And Flyers fans, thank you as well, as always, for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen, and we cannot wait to talk to you next time.
2: Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail.